grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And today we continue in this series from Pastor Sean called Rethinking Impossible. As fear is something we all experience, it's a powerful emotion and can also be a mindset that colors the way we see the world and limits our opportunities. So what can a faith mindset teach us so that we can break free of fear? Pastor Sean is teaching from Matthew chapter 14 as today's message is entitled, Called to the Impossible. Here's Pastor Sean Azaro. It's time for Reaching for Real Life. Second thing, some people think you're crazy because fear has almost been equated with responsibility. Well, if you're a responsible person, then you'll have appropriate levels of fear carrying around. And I just, I just want to say that's gone to such ridiculous levels that some people, when you become fearless and begin to let God remove those gates and begin to trust him and step out, some people look at you as downright irresponsible. And they don't expect them to understand you. Don't expect them to get it if they're still trapped by fear. A couple things we don't need to be afraid of. Number one, don't be afraid of the storms. Don't be afraid of the storms. Um, They were in the midst of a storm, and what just gives me such great comfort is Jesus knew, and he came to them. And storms are a regular part of life. You may be in one right now. The good news is you're not alone. Just like they weren't alone, you are not alone. I mean, some of you are in a storm right now. I don't know what kind. Maybe it's a storm in the context of your marriage. Maybe something with one of your kids. Maybe sickness. Financial, I don't know. All kinds of things. Things feel out of control. You feel afraid. You feel alone. And what this message kind of speaks to us loud and clear is you're not alone. You are not alone. And you don't have to be afraid of the storm. Hebrews 13, 6, I love this passage, it says, So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Oh, I love that. If if your storm is like people who are opposing you, that passage of Scripture, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Um, That should help you really quick get over your fear of people. Fear of what people think. Because when you like have the Alpha Omega, the Almighty, you know, the creator of all things in your corner... I mean, so so what? My neighbor disapproves of me. I mean, really. I mean, not because I'm like, you know, keeping my yard crummy or something, but I'm just saying, you don't have to be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. I love the way the psalmist said it in the 23rd Psalm, verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't think there's a storm much bigger than that. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, you're not alone. Uh, Interesting phrase here is uh, verse 22 when it says, Jesus made them get in the boat and he made them go. Question, did Jesus know about the storm? I mean, he's Jesus, right? It's interesting. Um... God knows we live in a world full of storms, and he intentionally allows us to go through many of those storms. He has a purpose in the storms. I want to be real careful here. I don't think God is the one bringing the storms in your life. He's not like God's torturing you, okay? 
But I do think in the context of this world, we are going to face storms, every one of us. If there's anybody in this room who's never faced some type of, type of big crisis or adversity or struggle that you would define as a storm, uh, well, you'll be a toddler soon and it'll come then. Okay? There ain't anybody with infants who haven't experienced something. Ask any five-year-old. They'll tell you the storms they've been in. They've been hard. So we've all, we all go through them. It's important to understand, I think God has a purpose. Jesus let them go into this. And I think his purpose can broadly be defined in one of two ways, either correction or perfection. Okay, either correction, storms of correction, or storms of perfection. The storms of correction are the ones where, okay, he wants to deal with something because we kind of helped get ourselves in here. All right? We got ourselves in here and God is setting something straight. He's going to use this storm to set something straight. I hate those kind of storms because those are the ones where you're in the midst of this and you realize, you know what? I did this. I disobeyed God, God's word. I disobeyed wise counsel. I knew what the Spirit was saying, and I went and took the leap anyway. And it's like, so not only are you experiencing the storm, but you're beating yourself up going, stupid, 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 right? I hate those kind. What's, what's interesting is I don't, I, don't, I don't think we should think of those as punishment. But I do think what God is now going to do is, okay, he's going to use this for training, for maturing, for redirecting. Jonah, that was the storm Jonah was in. You remember Jonah? Supposed to go to Nineveh. Nope, I'm not going to Nineveh. Big storm. Ah, Jonah's overboard and a fish uh, takes him and delivers him, right? That's the shortest telling of Jonah's story you've ever heard, okay? That's my gift to you today. That's free. But the bottom line is Jonah's storm was one of correction. Okay, God was going to redirect. He was going to train. He was going to teach, and he did. And, and by the way, Jonah saw great fruit and great blessing for the kingdom because of that, okay? The disciples was not a storm of correction. It was a storm of perfection or of growth. I mean, they didn't do anything wrong. Jesus actually told them to go. But what happened in the midst of that storm changed them. God had something for them that they could not get anywhere else. That's very important. There are things God wants to show you, impossible things, powerful things that he wants to do in the midst of that storm, that aren't going to happen anywhere else. You need to understand that. He's with you, he has a purpose, and it is always for your growth, your betterment, and ultimately your blessing, even if it's hard. So we take hope in that. Don't have to be afraid of the storm. The path to the impossible generally runs right through the gate of our fear. Second thing, don't be afraid of the supernatural. Don't be afraid of the supernatural. You know, in verse 26 and 27, they were, I think, to some degree, understandably afraid because they were seeing something no one had ever seen before. But Jesus' message was clear. Take heart, it's me. Don't be afraid. That's the thing about the supernatural. It makes us uncomfortable, and we always try to find some explanation. And for them, the most logical was it's a ghost. But I think we're the same way. We try to find some explanation. The question is, why didn't they recognize him? Why didn't they recognize him? It's Jesus. They'd spent a lot of time with him. I think simply they weren't looking for him, and he came in a really unexpected way. Do you know the same thing can happen to us? We cannot recognize God beginning to work and do something because we weren't looking for him, and he came in an unexpected way, which since he's God, he does kind of a lot. Now, when we talk about the supernatural, don't be afraid of the supernatural. Okay, Sean, what exactly are you talking about? Are we levitating here? What, what, are, you, what, are, you, what are you talking about? And, and that's a fair question. More specifically, okay, when I say supernatural, what are we talking about? We're talking about when God shows up and does what only God can do. That's what I'm talking about. 
when God shows up and does what only God can do. Sometimes in a storm so bad, we can't even recognize him. But it's still him, and he is doing the things that only he can do. That's what we're talking about. I love when we get to see things, God do things that only he can do. I love when God leaves doctors scratching their heads like, well, we have the x-ray. It was there, and now it's gone. We didn't lose it. We didn't, you know, but it's gone. And whatever y'all were doing, you said you were praying, well, just keep up that. I wonder how many doctors have become believers because they saw God do what only God could do. They saw God show up and then do what only he could do. That's what I mean when I talk about the supernatural. And there could be a thousand different things. Sometimes it's being called to do things that you know you can't do and then watching God make it possible. And just going, there's no other way but God. Sometimes it's being called to generosity that you know you can't afford, but then watching God meet every single need as you follow him in obedience. Maybe it's beating your head against the wall and then all of a sudden remembering prayer and stopping and praying and then watching an obstacle disappear right before your eyes because you prayed. I don't know. But when I talk about supernatural, I'm talking about that. Don't be afraid of the supernatural because here's the thing. If you fear the miraculous, you'll always be limited to the mundane. If you fear the miraculous, you will always be limited to the mundane. You'll always try to dumb the power of the gospel, the power of the Spirit down to something you can understand and control. We fear what we don't understand. We fear what we can't control. And understand something. God is not a genie in a bottle that we control. He does not come at our beck and call. He is our Father. He is the leader. He is the Lord. And so when we say, Lord, I want the full thing, what that means is I'm not in control anymore, God. I'm open to you. I want what you want. Father, do what you want because I trust you. Mark gives us an interesting insight into the whole fear and just the way the disciples responded. Okay? Mark tells us in Mark 6, 51, 52, and he, Jesus, got in the boat with them and the wind stopped. And they were greatly astonished. And he he gives an explanation as to why they were astonished. 52, for they had not gained any insight from the incident of the loaves, but their heart was hardened. They'd not gained any insight from the incident of the loaves, but their heart was hardened. Wow, those disciples are carnal and shallow, aren't they? Good thing we're not like them. How many times have we seen God do powerful things and just say, it was a God thing. Man, look what God did. And then two weeks later, something happens to us, and we're like, oh my gosh, God, oh, this is the worst thing ever. We're exactly like them. Anything that's outside of the concrete, what we can experience with our senses, what we can touch, smell, feel, taste, anything outside of that realm, it's hard for us. Because we've been trained to think logically, sequentially, God is bigger than our logic or our sequence. And what it means is we end up being faithless. We are conditioned and hardened to reject the supernatural intervention of God, sometimes by our intellect and our training. And that leads us to be faithless. Folks, I want to challenge you. We want to have a big faith in our God. And this is when we take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this series called Rethinking Impossible, as found on the sermons page at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue to help others just like you. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. 
River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Matama Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life. And now the conclusion to the message, called to the impossible. This is Reaching for Real Life. Okay, I'm going to share something with you that I, I share cautiously, and I may have to edit this out of the tape later, um, but honestly, some of the, you know, you, you say, do we have to, okay, so if we start doing this, are we going to have to be weird? Because so many people who profess this stuff are just weird, okay? And I'll agree, yeah, sometimes. It's true. And as I've looked at this, and I, I, I don't think, I don't think you have to be weird to experience the supernatural. But I will tell you, sometimes those people who are socially awkward and a little bit weird, um, they're not nearly as worried about what other people think. So if God says he wants to do something, okay. And they just go do it, and all of a sudden God works. And it's like, okay, yeah, they are weird. That empirically, this person is weird. And then empirically, they just seem to see God do powerful things a lot. Because they're not worried about what everybody else thinks. They're not worried about how they appear. They're not worried about any of that because they're a little odd. I think there's something there. I don't think you have to be weird to experience the power of God, but I do think you have to be unconcerned with the convention or what people are going to think. And I think you need to be prepared that all of a sudden if you start taking steps of faith, you step out of perfectly good boats, okay? You might be one of the ones people go, you know they're weird. But boy, does God seem to show up a lot when they pray and when they step out in obedience. Isn't God a part of their life? The path to the impossible generally runs right through the gate of our fear. Last thing, real quickly, don't be afraid to step out. See, don't be afraid to step out. That whole thing with Peter. Um, Understand something. God doesn't call us to be willing to step out of the boat. He calls us all to do it. You're like, wait a minute. Peter was the only one. Yeah, all of his other disciples had to step out of different kind of boats, if you will. At some point, either he's going to be your security or the boat is. And he's going to call every one of us to take steps outside of the boat. And you have to decide. You know, John Orpork had a great book title, You Can't Walk on Water Unless You Get Out of the Boat. It's just true. But the boat's comfortable. Everyone else is in the boat. Yeah. But you want to experience the full enchilada? You want all of it? You want the real gospel? You got to follow Jesus and the, the boat can't be your security anymore. No matter what the boat represents your career your goals your path now there's an interesting little thing peter's statement you remember lord if it's you bid me to come and i'll come uh there's some real wisdom there make sure the voice you're following is his i mean that's just good sense george Mueller, you remember his story god used george Mueller to do incredible work for orphans and to minister and, and what was unique is God told him to walk by faith and never ask anyone else for money to meet his needs. And he wasn't a rich guy at all. He didn't have anything. He said, you pray, seek, seek me for your needs, and I'll meet your needs. And God did. Great story, great biography. Read Mueller's biography. 
But here was a quote. He said, in all my experience, I found that if I could only settle that a certain thing to be done was according to the will of God, that means were soon obtained to carry it into effect. In other words, the means would follow. If I could just determine this is God's will, then I could take the step and know that he would provide the means. He would take care of the details. The big question was, is this God's will? And that's such wisdom. These are two kind of points that balance each other. Okay? Don't fear the supernatural. Don't fear stepping out. But confirm the voice of the Lord. Is this God? You remember in Acts 17, the Bereans were commended for searching the scripture to make sure that what Paul told them was true. That's a good thing. These two questions would have saved a lot of people a whole lot of heartache by taking what I would call ill-advised steps, attributing it to God when kind of it was obvious God wasn't calling them to do that. What does the Word say? That's one question. What does the Word say? Two, is this leading consistent with what the Word says? Is this thing I want to, I think God's telling me to do, is this consistent? What does the Word say? Is this consistent with what God says in His Word? That would have saved a lot of people from serious mistakes. Because what I mean by that is I can't tell you how many people have come to me and said, I think God wants me to do this. And it's absolutely contrary to Scripture. Totally. It's like, yeah, I don't think so. Unless God's gone schizophrenic on us, I don't think so. Because the Word says this, this, and this, and I don't, I don't think God's contradicting himself. I've had, I've had a guy tell me, yeah, I think God wants me to leave my wife and, and kind of get married to my girlfriend. When pastor wants to punch, pastor sometimes wants to punch people. Okay, there. I said it. It's a support group. It's a problem. I'm dealing with it. Man, how do you, seriously, and he's looking me straight faced. I'm like, man, let me just tell you, that is not what God wants you to do. The biggest issue is keep your eyes on him, man. Peter, Lord, if it's you, come and hit his eyes on Jesus. And when he did, he walked on water. Keep your eyes on him. Verse 30 tells us, see in the wind, he became afraid, began to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. The minute he starts focusing on the adversity, on the waves, the storm, he took his eyes off Jesus. He became fearful and he began to sink. But then, thankfully, he cried out to Jesus and returned his gaze back to Christ. Let me tell you something. Getting out of the boat and living outside the boat are two very different things. The secret to either is keeping your eyes on Jesus, but you've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. The path to the impossible generally runs right through the gate of our fear. And then Matthew ended with this simple idea, verse 32 and 33. When they got into the boat, the wind stopped, and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, you are certainly God's son. You see, when we are willing to get out of the boat and follow Jesus, and God begins to do the impossible. He begins to show up and do what only he can do. Um, It brings glory to his name. People who are skeptical and see our faith as nothing more than going to a bunch of meetings begin to see, wait a minute, God is real, and he's moving in his people's lives. Living in and with the supernatural will always bring glory to his name. And my challenge for us this morning is, Don't let fear get in the way. Don't let fear rob you, because the path of the impossible generally runs right through the gate of our fear. And fear is keeping us from experiencing what God has. And I just want to say that has got to stop. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with the song of deliverance from my enemies 
Till all my fears have gone. Let me hear you sing this. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Jesus, teach us to trust you. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Love has called my name. I've been born again to your family. Your blood flows through my veins. Come on, sing it out. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Sing that again. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Let's cry it out.
Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life. Next time we'll continue in this series, Rethinking Impossible. It's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email that this program blessed you, or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find the Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Reaching for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Rotama Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life.